Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. Sorry, you can say Buddha all day long, nothing gonna happen. You can say Allah all day long. You could you could crystal chant and energy chant, whatever you want to do. But you say the name of Jesus, demons flee, blinders come off. There's power in the name, in the name of Jesus. Come on, high five someone and say, in the name of Jesus, grab your seat. Thank you, worship team. In the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We're talking about kingdom. The reason we're talking about kingdom is I felt like God wanted me to preach on kingdom. So there's that. Um, But if the series bombs, I try not to blame too much on God. Like, well, God told me to say it. Sorry. Um, But I really feel like we went through a season... Of, um, of miracles and, and just the beginnings of miracles, amen? Yeah. Just the beginnings of, of revival. And what I felt God speak to me, speak to our church, is that revival isn't going to be this 13-night moment where angels show up and power shows up, a bunch of our friends get saved, and then we go back to normal. But that God's building his church. He's building his church. We live in the day and age, I believe, of revival church. Amen? It's, it's normal, but it's also not normal. It's just awesome. Like, I don't want to have a really good love year with Carrie, and then a bad year, and then a good, like, you know, we're having a love revival. Like, I just want as much love every day as I can get, right? If she gives me 13 kisses a day, I'm never like, that's enough. Woman? Save it for tomorrow. Like, I'm not here to pace myself. Life is short. I I want as much goodness and Jesus and what he has for me, amen, that I can get. And so we have truth. We have this thing called truth. How do you sing this song without being exclusive? How, How do we receive truth without being exclusive? You ever wrestle with that? We, we are in, and nobody, anybody wrestle with that? Anybody wrestle with the fact that truth has set us free? Amen? Anybody set free in this place? Just hear your mouth break the sound barrier. You'll feel a lot more comfortable. Amen? Just, there we go. Okay, I feel comfortable. All right, good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. It's just truth. Truth sets me free. Truth is what, what sets you free? What sets you free? What sets you free? The truth will set you free. The truth I don't possess all the truth, but I am a recipient of truth. Amen? Why? Because I have, I have realized that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. That's it. And so I have chosen, I have chosen to respond to the choice of a Heavenly Father that has revealed His will through Jesus. Amen? The revelation of Jesus Christ coming into constant remembrance by the power of the Holy Spirit. Three in one. Right? Come on. Talk to me. Talk to me. We're talking kingdom. And so God is teaching us how to have revival. That revival is not just this sovereign thing that we wait around for, and then boom, it happens. And then our kids ask us how it happens. We're like, no idea. It just happened. Nothing just happens. God is a good God who teaches us so that we can teach our kids. I was so surprised that my kids didn't know how to do the dishes. Honestly, have you been there? 
Jude, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know what I'm doing. That was one of the greatest revelations as a parent. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, I have to teach you? He's like, yes. I'm like, okay. Our father teaches us. He instructs us. He disciplines us. He loves us. Somehow truth for us has become very philosophical and very humanistic. And so we're coming back to truth because truth is what has set me free. So when I say the name of Jesus, I don't have to hate any other religion. I'm just being honest to the fact that there is one truth and one name. There's one God, one Lord, one baptism, one spirit, and his name is Jesus. It's actually inclusive. It's actually grace to say, hey, here's the front door to everything you need right here. So get ready, get ready, get ready, church. When we sing this song at the end, your faith is going to rip the roof and the lid off your life. Are you ready? I hope you're ready for me because I'm ready. I'm ready to preach kingdom. Kingdom, 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 kingdom. There is a kingdom that already is. That's why we pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is not is here yet. Sorry. It's our job to receive the kingdom. Right? Our, his kingdom, as it is, it already is in heaven. That's why truth is difficult because truth is. And something that is, I don't care what religion you believe, it, it, sorry, we're all gonna die. Like, I don't need to argue with that, about you with that, right? Like, you're gonna die. There's nothing to argue about. The sun's gonna come up tomorrow. Pretty sure. Water's wet. Like, there is truth. There's truth. Let's all take a deep breath as Christians. This isn't my team, your team. Okay, the Christians are not like some sports team and then every other religion and then the, you know, the agnostics are the team that haven't lost or haven't won a lot. They're over here. Oh, you're an atheist? Oh gosh, yeah, you've neglected the Cubs you know, before they won. Like, ooh, 100 years of defeat. This isn't teams. This is we are simply people that are claiming to have received truth. And, and all we're trying to do is gingerly and, and, and with kindness and love and humility, okay, not be defensive about it, but offer it to people because that's what truth does. When you see prisoners, you're like, if you have an answer to something, you have a cure for something, you want to give it to people. This is what we're under. This is what we're coming into is establishing kingdom in our life that is secure and not defensive, full of grace, truth, and humility, but not silent. If you had the cure to cancer, God help us if you kept that in your basement. You'd be an idiot. So we're breaking the spirit of idiocy this morning. We are not going to be silent anymore. The truth is going to set us free. And we're going to, as free people, as free people, give truth to people that are in prison. Amen? It takes one to know one. So I can connect to people and go, oh man, I'm there or I was there. I'm on a journey. I'm not perfect. Paul said, I haven't attained yet. But the kingdom is one of freedom. And we're understanding this last week. We have to welcome him and want him. And for some of us, we've grown up in a heavy theology around sovereignty. And we do pretend that we're just puppets. And well, I guess Russia's invading Ukraine. That's what God wants. Like, it's just bad theology to walk around saying that. Well, my dad died of alcohol. I guess that's what God had. No, no. So much of what we see is the product of free choice. We don't, we don't talk enough. We live under a sovereign, sovereign king. He's sovereign. He's sovereign. He's in control. He's so in control. He's so bad. He's so God that he gave us free choice, which is powerful. We have to understand the power that we have to reject or receive the king. 
but he will not force himself on you. He's in control, but he don't control you. He doesn't control. He created us like him. So we have to choose. Choose wisely. You ready to choose? It's powerful. Free choice is powerful. I want to sit on this for a little bit pretty much because I didn't choose this is because this is what's revealed, I believe, through scripture. Just so you know, I don't get up here and go, hmm, what, did the, what does the church need? Okay, this is, I'm a, I, I go to scripture and, and the word of God opens up. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 1. Are you ready? The kingdom is one of freedom. God wants to set you free this morning. He wants to set us free. He wants to set us free. He wants to set us free. As Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons to be judges over Israel. His oldest sons held court in Beersheba, and they were not like their father, for they were greedy for money. They accepted bribes and perverted justice. Finally, all the elders of Israel met at Ramah to discuss the matter with Samuel. Look! Someone say, look! Look! There's some passion. There's some emotion there. Some frustration. You are old! Your sons are not like you. Give us a king. You see the demand in it? You see the angst in it? Give us a king to judge us like all the other nations have. And Samuel was displeased with their request and went to the Lord for guidance. Do everything they say to you, the Lord replied, for they are rejecting me, not rejecting you. So that tells me that Samuel felt rejected. <laughs> they don't want me to be their king any longer. Not every rejection you experience in life is someone rejecting you. They might have rejection in their own life and they are acting according to their own sense of rejection from God and people and they're acting that out on you. And God wants to wash some of that rejection that we've experienced in, in life. Amen? They've not always rejected you. They've, they feel rejected and so they're defending and they're attacking and they're saying words to you and it's not really about you. It's about them. Do as they ask, but solemnly warn them about the way a king will reign over them. I will jump up to verse 18. When the day comes, you will beg for relief from the king you are demanding. But then the Lord will not help you. But the people refused to listen to Samuel's warning. Even so, we still want a king. So here, here's the pickle. Are you ready for the pickle? Here's the pickle that we're in before I get preaching, Okay. Come close. We got a little alarm. That's a good see. Person was like, set the alarm when Isaac starts preaching. I can wake up. So I can listen. That's smart. I appreciate that. <laughs> Is we're in this pickle because we're the grace, we're the grace and love and mercy people, but we're also the truth people. And so we're in this pickle because it's grace, 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 but it's not grace and love to let my son just walk off a cliff if I could tell him about the cliff. And so we are always in this paradox, in this tension of grace and mercy and also, hey, it's funny, the Wall Street Journal just came out with a report, a scientific report and study that if you sleep together before you're married, the, 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 the increase of divorce goes through the roof. That the most married people are those that did not live together before they were married. Amen. Just got real quiet in here. Here's the problem. <laughs> most of us are, did not walk that way. But there's no condemnation in Christ, so wash it off. But if we put more faith in the Wall Street Journal. God help us that we need the Wall Street Journal to come out. We think Jesus was real. 
I bet you if the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and all the papers came out with there's more evidence now that Jesus Christ lived, I mean, we might see a revival in the church. God help us. But we look to the word, even as Christians, as judgmental. And well, that's not for us. Well, that's, you know, there's a better way to do it. It's just funny when science comes out and says, yeah, we think that uh, if you want to give yourself a leg up, don't do the living in thing before you get married. Well, why do we do that? I'm not here to offend anybody. There's all grace. There's all mercy. Who cares? But there is truth. And it's truth that sets you free. And so why should we bottle up truth in fear of of, of being misunderstood and not being gracious, knowing that most everybody lives together now before the marriage. That's fine. But God help me if we have truth and we're not revealing it to people so they can help understand what they're fighting against. So we've got to understand truth. You with me? Okay. Okay. Let's get the worship team up here. That was too intense. Here's another pickle. Whatever you've done up until today, if you're still breathing, there's grace and there's truth. But you got to receive it. Quit waiting for the king to come bash you upside the head and say, bow, peasant, bow, surf. He doesn't do that. He reveals it and we need to receive it. And that's a choice. Amen. All right, get ready. You ready? You excited? ready for the word? You ready for the word? There is truth. His name is Jesus. It's right here. And it's the only thing that'll set us free is set this world free. So we've got to be pursuers of truth. Amen. All right, I'll just get to all the fun and loving stuff here now. Okay. <laughs> Jesus loves you. He loves you. No matter what you do, he loves you. Amen. All right. All right. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We love you so much. Let your kingdom be established in our church and in our life, God. We want a revival that will turn the city upside down, full of grace, full of love, full of hugs, full of your spirit, full of servanthood and humility, and full of truth, because there is truth. There's so much truth. And I thank you for the simplicity and the and inclusivity of truth. One way, and one spirit, and there's one church, and there's one bride, and there's one Lord. We thank you for that, God. That incredible simplicity and sincerity to truth. Let truth come. We want to receive your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, I feel so much love in this room. It's good. Thank you. I just all the hugs. Thank you. Some of you are sending emails right now. Just thank you for that. Love you. So when I was a youth pastor, one of my main jobs, and I've told you this before, was to pick up speakers uh, for the conference uh, that we would have. We had different conferences. And, and, and I, I got to spend time and pick up one of my heroes. His name was Pastor Wendell Smith. Some of you know him, remember him. He's now with Jesus. Or you know him as Judah Smith's dad. But Pastor Wendell was just one of those apostolic people in my life. And he's just larger than life. There are some people that you meet, you hate to put them on a pedestal. But if they've ever prophesied over you, or have ever preached or done something in a service that was just brought heaven down, you tend to go, thank you. Like, I know you're not God, right? And they, they'd even worship Paul. Paul and Paul's like, get up. That's not me. And they're like, I know, but you're like, wow. You know, you just, so much just happens through you. Anyways, so I was picking up Pastor Wendell one day for the Intercessors Conference. We used to have conferences around prayer. Think about that. Amen. God's doing a new thing. Amen. He's doing a new thing. The, the goodness is not in the old. It's, 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 it's today and it's here and it's now. But yeah, it, it really, just a prayer conference. And so um, I was picking up Pastor Wendell. And uh, I don't know about you, but whenever you're hanging out with someone that's like, world class or famous or whatever. There's an interesting dynamic, isn't there? Because 
Because you're you and they're them. And I'm assuming we both know like that you're super cool and I'm a mosquito or just on the grand scale. I mean, I know it's not about all that, but still just, and, and I almost just want to tell that person like, okay, so you're amazing. I'm not. Can you just talk? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to pretend because I mean, I've got so many different, like there's different strategies that you can have. You can kind of just be like, you know, we're just a couple of people, right? Just a couple of human beings in a car. And uh, so I can just pick up Wendell and just be, hey, how's the weather? Yeah? A bit balmy in Seattle? Yeah, I hear you, man. It's been, uh, been crazy. No, I don't want to talk about the weather. It's Wendell. I don't want to do that. But I also don't want to fanboy. Be like, you're amazing. I love you. I want to be like you. Right? <laughs> like fourth grade when the fireman or the policeman would come to school. I'm like, I want to be a fireman when I grow up. Like, I don't want to be like, Wendell, I want to be you when I grow up. Right? You got to have some sense of pride. But you don't want to talk about yourself too much. I used to ask a lot of questions and get along with some of these guys because, you know, people like to talk about themselves. And, and so you just ask questions. You know, whenever you don't know what to do, just ask questions. And they'll start talking. And, and you'll be, hmm, that's really good. That's awesome. Okay. And, and so I picked up Pastor Whittle, and, and I didn't take my own advice. Um, picked him up. He got in the car, you know, he's shooting around Portland Airport and he already just, you know, and that first, you know, hi, you know, your voice cracks. You're just like, how's it going? Right. You're just like off to a bad start. So I'm just going to make things comfortable. And he's asked me how I was doing, but he was asking me how I was doing probably just to be cordial. But I took him up on it and started telling him about my week. And without him knowing it, he's just kind of looking at me. And I'm just like, you know, I was picking up a lot of people that have been running out of gas, Pastor Wendell. He's like, okay, what? I'm like, and that's what happened that week. There was, I was on 205 and people ran out of gas. And so then I would go get gas for them. And it happened like two or three times that week. And so then, you know, when you're in a conversation, you're like, we're not connecting this. Like, why are you saying this? What are you doing? You know, now they're looking at you like you're crazy. And this is Wendell. I'm a mosquito. Now he really knows I'm a loser. And so this just solidifies that. So either in a conversation that's going down, you can either double down, right? or abort the mission, and just pay the price for the awkward segue, right? And so anyways, that was my week, hit a cul-de-sac and dead, and how you doing? I should have done that, but no, I doubled down on dumb. I put my foot in my mouth all the time. I do it because I love people. Conversations are awkward, so I just take one for the team, right? <laughs> so... I was like, yeah, you know, and I did, I meant this like tongue in cheek. I, I kind of meant it as a joke. Like, well, yeah, you know, I just, I just feel like I have a ministry, you know, picking up gas for people, I guess on the road, you know, it's just good to be there when people need it. And, and then he's looking at me, you know, because gas is awesome and, and gasoline for people's cars is, it's a ministry. I feel like I have, you know what I mean? Anyways, Wendell, um, I apologize for being stupid. Um, wow, it's your week. Anyways, he's gracious. He's so loving. I felt a connection. You know, I feel like this, this apostolic father is like, listens to my stupid stories and still like, that's awesome. It wasn't awesome, you know, but he just covered me and just like, yeah, I had a good week too. Didn't help anybody with gas, you know, but uh, um, maybe I'll start that ministry. And we had a good laugh. We got to the church and it's awesome when like one of your heroes, when you're just say something stupid, just covers you, has a laugh, you bond. <laughs> you, so I felt bonded 
to the man of God. Well, he likes me. Like he's, yeah, we're boys, but we're not boys because he's older and awesomer and, but we're connected. And so I started to feel familiar and I'm a youth pastor. We used to put up, dress up in suits for these conferences. And anyways, Pastor Phil Pringle was praying that night, praying over people that couldn't have kids and marriages being restored. And so there was about 30, 40, 50 people up on the front altar. And it started, I mean, things, the Holy Spirit started moving and, uh, Pastor Wendell was right there and a bunch of other just like leaders and stuff. I was just there, man. I was just cool, like to stay in my lane. Just I'm just a servant. I'm, I carry the bags. I'm the youth guy. I pick people up. I carry bags. I get coffee. I get tea. I'm good. I, I can, do you get coffee? No? Do you, Skittles? No? Okay. I'm just saying, everybody's cool. And, and, I, and, and I pray. I'm a prayer. So people like to serve and that could, hallelujah, yeah. you know, keep that engine going, right? Prayer's an engine. Speaking in tongues. It's just praying. So I'm in my lane. I'm in my lane. I could do that really good. Well, then people started, literally started start falling over and Phil Pringle's just doing his thing and I'm just like, oh, hallelujah. Mm, glory. Glory. Hallelujah. And I remember right in front of me, three people just went, Dook, and they hit their head pretty hard. I was like, hallelujah. Glory. And I remember Pastor Wendell looked at me and said, catch them. And my lips started, you know, quivering a little bit. <laughs> and I, I remember having that moment where I like, but I'm not the catcher, right? I don't care. I'm the, I'm the prayer, a coffee guy. Do you need to ride to the airport? I, I don't, like, I don't care. Where's the catchers? Where's the people supposed to be catching these people, right? When is it you? I took 20 minutes to get to that. When is it you? When is they and them, and why is the house, and why is the marriage, and why is the fam, and why? When is them, they, they, them, yo, you, you, you? When is it me? When? Because I was saying, this was a life-changing moment, if, if, if you can believe it, because I really had this revelation. I don't know why I didn't instinctively move into action and do something. Because, because there are different seasons in life where you're so used to being under authority that when God takes you and says, now it's you. When is it you? Every tribe, every tongue, they kind of have this age of accountability, this age of when you reach adulthood. For some reason in America now, it's like 38. I don't know why. But up until that point, you can just do whatever you want. Be silly. You're a teenager. It's cool. It's just kind of like, you know, go out. What are you doing? Going out. But when do you stop going out and go, hold on. My life is my responsibility, my future, my faith, my heart. When is it you? When are you the elder in the room? I want you to read this story as you are the elders at Ramah. Because, see, we always read ourselves as we're Samuel, right? Lord, they've rejected me. Should I tell them your word? Right? We're never like, we're never the person that's in the story that's bad. You're, you're, you know, your spouse is. I really hope Carrie's listening today. She's rejecting me. You know, I hope my friends. You're the elder at Ramah. You're the elders at Ramah. You're the elder. When, when, when is the moment where God said, for some people, it's 12 years old in the Bible. 
So it's time to grow up. I got a call of God on your life. You're going to be king. I've called you. I've called you. I've appointed you. I have a plan. When, when do you take the plan of God seriously in your life? When do you take the word of God? Say, when is it not next summer or next year that you say, God, I give you, I give you, I give you, I give you my past, my present, my future. I step into the call of God and take responsibility by the blood of the lamb and the power of the Holy Ghost. Stir up my gift. I walk in faith to possess every promise you have given me. You've chosen me and now I choose you. When, when is that moment? When is that moment that you're the elder at Ramah? You're the elder in the room. The decision's on you. Did you know your choices can change the world? The great lie of the enemy is that it doesn't matter. What you do doesn't matter. What's going to happen is going to happen. No, I, I don't see that in scripture. I see, I see free choice messing up the world a whole lot. And I see prophets and teachers and preachers of truth needing to stand up and bring light. Yes, with kindness and gentleness. But there's got to be a speaker of truth. How come the elders at Ramah, it wasn't the nation necessarily that made the ultimate decision. It was the pastors and the leaders. So pastors and leaders and parents and teachers and reachers and preachers, that was cute, have so much power over people. So that's why this morning we say, hold on, that's me? That's you. That's you. I could preach this at youth camp. It's you. It's you. It's you. How do you know when you just by lifting your hands today what that does to a room? You're the elder in the room. What if this room was dependent upon your level of praise and faith and agreement and unity? Your praise life is on you. It ain't up to share. Your faith life is not up to me. Sorry, we don't live together. Even if you did, it's not even up to your spouse. You live in you 24-7. So God said, you know what? I'm a smart God. You got to deal with you. Your faith is on you. You're responsible for your attitude. You're responsible for your response. You're responsible for your faith. You are responsible. And yes, people's decisions affect you. But we break the victimization that says you are so powerful that you have caused me to miss out on my death. Your destiny is not tied necessarily just to people. If it was just you and God, you would be fine. God would not set up a system where your destiny is determined upon everyone else around you being nice to you and texting you nice and loving and support. I hope that happens to you, but that's not the way it's set up. You're an elder at Ramal. You're the elder. Tell someone that you're an elder. You're an elder at Ramah. That's you. You're the elder in the room. 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 You have the power to make decisions and choices. You have the power to make decisions and choices. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful when you are an elder of your life, responsible, and you have a finally and a look. The Bible says they, they had this finally, finally, finally. Look, when you have a look all locked and loaded in your spirit, there's this sense of urgency in a bad way. There's this emotional thing. People, this message is for you if you've ever been offended by a Facebook post. This, is, this message is for you if you don't know what to say to your unsafe friend. You don't want to be a jerk. You don't want to be defensive. You don't want to be mean, but you do want to speak up. This message is for you. If, if you, you want to say something, but you don't know what to say, 
this message is for you. Well, step one is we have to learn to not act on our offense. I get offended by what you post on Facebook all the time. Okay, let's just be honest. I get offended by what people say at family dinner all the time. The idea is not to be, I think we preach offense. Like one day you're just going to be like, and not offendable. No, no, no. The idea is that God sometimes will even use our, our pride because the truth of it is at that moment when Wendell's like, catch them. I want to be like, excuse me. I didn't know. I'm not a catcher. I don't do that. Why'd you look at me like that? We all have this a little bit of like, excuse me. This victimization, this offendability, this emotion. The truth of it is, is back in the day before social media, if you offended me, I had the time to go home, have dinner, talk to someone and pray and filter my response. Now it's instant. Can't believe that. It's just this instant connectedness to your emotional state. And so the truth is, you got to back away when you feel triggered or something hits you wrong. I'm telling you, when someone tells me the Bible is not the word of God, I said, just give me a minute. You son of a gun of a When someone tells me that Jesus didn't come out of the grave, The church is a political art. That's step one. I'm past that now. Why? Because I've been set free. So I've been taking this, this journey through. I'm not triggered anymore. <laughs> Jesus is just a prophet. He wasn't the son of God. That's nice. And I've almost become drugged, neutered. So Christianity's just been like, that's nice, that's sweet. So then God's awakening the church right now, got us all locked up for two years, and we're like, okay, hold on. I'm willing to speak up. I want to be gracious, and I want to be kind, and I don't have all the truth, so teach me. So God is teaching us kingdom on how to reach, teach, and reason with people. I don't understand why we got into this go around and just tell everyone you're praying for them and God bless them without persuasion and reason. Have you read Paul? I got so convicted this week by reading the book of Acts and Romans where Paul, he was persuading and reasoning from the first martyr, Stephen. They were before the Sanhedrin and the council and they were reasoning with them, trying to persuade them with Jesus. And it was the Pharisees that got so angry and triggered that killed him. It was never the Christians that were trying to silence the Pharisees. Jesus said, I don't need to silence anybody. I just need those following me to speak up. I just need you to find your voice and lift up my name and talk to people about who I am and what I've done in you. Just show them and tell them what you've seen. And so that's Paul. I mean, I love this. I love this. In Acts, it says, as he reasoned with them, always be, do you have a reason? The reason we're not reasonable anymore. And the reason we call everybody Hitler, everybody's just, when you go to personal attacks, you've lost the argument. I am not reasonable When I, when I don't have a reason. Yeah. yeah, but so this is, you know, with Russia and Ukraine, and then this is this president. 
I get so frustrated when I don't have anything to say. So what do I do? I pout. Because that's what I learned when I was four. Because that works. That's what we do. So Jesus said, no, no, no. The reason you're unreasonable and people are unreasonable because they don't have a reason. They don't know what they're talking about. I don't want my church to be silent. I don't want them to be bullies. I want you to speak truth and grace. But we've become so grace. We're like, I don't know, you know, just seek the Lord. And people are like, how do you do that? You're like, I don't know. You know, just, just kind of like, you know, read a book. And uh, okay, man, I got a hip soccer practice. Peace out. And we're like, I just preached the gospel. Woo! <laughs> and, and this is Paul. As he reasoned with them. We got to have some reasons. I actually enjoyed a Facebook conversation I had with the other day with someone that talked about the Bible. And I actually said, hey man, that was awesome. Because I got to present some things and it caused me to, oh, I got to dig up those Dead Sea Scroll information I was reading about. Because, oh, there's some, there is some proof. We, we, ooh, ooh, I forgot about that one. I forgot about the 500 eyewitnesses after the resurrection. That's what he needs to know about the 500 eyewitnesses. Yeah, but, 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 but where is that? What, what extra biblical, uh, well, that was Roman writings in Greek. Ooh, see, the, we, that's where we ought to be. In the, in the, in the, we're in the game. What's my reason? about righteousness and self-control in the coming day of judgment. Felix became frightened and said, go away now. He replied, I'll call you again. Acts 25. These are the top Roman leaders. Paul had so much persuasion and reason because truth had set him free. He appealed to Caesar. Did you know that our Paul stood before Augustus Caesar? Did you know that? That Paul stood. He said, give me to Caesar. I want to talk to the chief politician over the world on this planet and tell them about a higher king. But he did it without offending him, being angry at him or attacking him. He sent, he reasoned, and they loved him. Gave him a house in Rome for two years. Oh, I feel this. Acts 26, Agrippa interrupted him. These were the top dudes in Rome. Do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian so quickly? Other translations are Agrippa literally, during one argument with Paul, he said, man, you almost convinced me. (sighs) We are free people. Don't reason with people like you're in prison. First Peter, but in your hearts honor Christ as Lord who is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Do it with gentleness and respect. <laughs> so when you have a look, back off. Back off. When you have a, finally, I can tell you what I think about you and what you're doing and everything you're saying and I'm just so angry and I'm just like, back off because all that energy towards that offense, what everyone says, what everyone does is robbing you from receiving the word of God and what you really need in that situation. These elders were so fired up that they couldn't come into that room and say, listen, we're frustrated with you, Samuel. We're frustrated with your sons. And we see a king, we see a, a model over here, and we're just wondering, we just need to seek God. The truth of it is, is you need to seek God. 
the truth of it is, is it's not all very clear what to say to mom and uncle and so-and-so down the street. It's not always so easy to understand what you need to do or what you need to say. And so why give away the very thing you need to seek God? Don't give it away. And that's the truth is we give it away. It's not taken away. I remember, man, this, this last couple months was crazy and car wrecks and different things. And, and I just remember just telling God, man, I, they're taking my joy. They're taking my spirit. They're taking my faith. Man, I'm just, I'm done. I can't deal with this. I can't talk to another insurance thing and have it fall through. And I just, all this. And I just felt God just begin to speak to me about, no, they're not taking it away. You're giving it away. And it's too, it's too, it's too precious to let anyone come and, 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 and allow you to present a context to, to give it away. And so nothing is worth it. No, 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 you can take, you can take my time, my life, my reputation. You can come out, but you're, I'm not going to give you my faith. I'm not going to give you my joy. I'm not going to give you my peace. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to give my, I'm not going to give away. I'm not going to give up what God has done in my life. It's not, it's not worth it. Choose, choose. You can take whatever you want, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving you that. That's too expensive because I need it right now to hear from God. They're so agitated. And what happens when you're agitated or someone agitates you, pride gets involved. And now we're no longer really discussing the resurrection or Ukraine, Russia. We're now just ticked off at each other and I'm coming for you. And then we just, and then someone comes along, usually a good old hippie and says, can we all just get along? Can we just get along? And the truth of it is, is I do want to get along. I do want peace. I do want discussion, but I want truth. I want truth. So I've got to learn. We've got to relearn vulnerability and discussion. I, I don't know. So you see their pride. We want a king. It's going to be awesome. Give it to us now. <laughs> How many times in marriage you're like, man, this is what you need to do. And if you just stop doing that, everything's going to be great. <laughs> All these duct tape quick solutions. If you would, if the church would just stop talking about, if this would just do that, if, if this would just happen, it's never that simple. The truth of it is, is we need to engage in truth. We need to engage with each other. We need to be able to have conversations. We need to be able to disagree without being disagreeable. It's actually one of the great things I love about this church. I mean, politically and economically and socially, it's like split down the middle in our church. I love it. It keeps me honest. So we have conversations. We can generally have conversations and not beat each other up. But we are meant to persuade each other. Hey, what's, what's, what do you believe about that? The enemy wins and certain politicians win when they have all the power. They just keep us shut up and silent and in fear. No, we, we, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta talk. I'm an elder in the room. I'm an elder. It's my responsibility. It's not someone else's responsibility anymore. It's my responsibility. I gotta be careful what rules I set in my house so my kids understand the culture of the kingdom is one of, hey, you can talk to dad about anything. You can talk to about, there's one law. You know, the New Testament was love. And that, that was the law. And so we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna present a space here where we can talk and we can discuss. I'm an elder in the room. When do you become an elder in the room? When are you in charge of you? When is it up to you? When do you decide what you believe? The way you're going to live and the way you're going to talk and the way you're going to present yourself. 
When do you go from victimization talk and blame talk? Why do you do that? Well, you know, when do you start to say, man, See, when I don't have any time for gossip and the gossip is me because I've taken responsibility, then I do a whole lot of talking about me. How's your week, man? I'm just believing and I just, and I, and you know what? And I, I'm just really starting to lay some routines. I'm really starting to, you know, learn. I'm just, I'm really starting. God's really starting. I, and I, that's the talk that you hear. When you're a victim, you hear a lot about, man, they, someone should need to do something about that. Or someone that can't believe that. There's an anger and an angst and an emotional connection to everything. And God says, I don't I want you to live that way. The kind of truth I want to give you will set you free and you'll be able to sit in that and listen to people that you don't agree with and you won't be so agitated, but you'll be able to present your view or your side of the story. You're the elder in the room. I think one of the biggest shifts that takes place when you really go, how do I know if this is me? How how do I know if I'm raising my kids? You are their dad until they die. Don't stop being a parent and go, well, they're just making their own decisions. When are you the elder in the room saying, you know what? I'm going to keep praying and teaching and preaching and going after that kid till the day I die. When are we the elders in the room that say this worship service is up to me? My marriage is up to me. My future is up to me. Of course, God has paid the price and made the way, but I'm going to choose to receive all that he has. When am I the elder in the room? I think it's when you are more for things than against things. When we're young, we're against everything, aren't we? You know, I'm just against hate. Okay. I'm just really against anger. I think everybody is. I just, I'm really pro-love. You know? No, no, but what are you for? Like, what are you really, really for? You know, we started this church. What happens when people get together to start a church? A lot of times, we're all just against stuff. We're just against big church against politics. We're against fake worship. Well, if this worship team's vision was, or their mission statement was, we're just against bad worship, fake worship. But what are you for? When you begin to go, you know what? I'm for, I'm for vulnerable conversations. I'm for setting a place in our marriage and our family where you can speak freely. You can actually say what you feel. There's truth. That's what's so hard. Because we have to set the table for conversation. We have to set the table for humility and vulnerability. And yet also say, I'm not saying I possess all the truth, but there is truth here. There's some truth that God's trying to reveal. And I might not know it. I'm an elder in the room. I don't know what Israel should do right now. But I'm going to come before God and I'm going to check my emotion and my anger and my frustration with Samuel. And I'm going to present it before God and say, God, I need you. I need my faith. I need my spirit. I need my attitude. I choose. I choose. I choose to be for the word of God. I'm for church. I'm not just against, I'm for worship, I'm for praise, I'm for forgiveness, I'm for, tell me what you think, I'm for reaching people, I'm for talking to people, I'm for, I'm for the name of Jesus, I'm for young people serving God, I'm for truth, I'm for grace, I'm for kindness, I'm for baptism, I'm for the Holy, I'm not afraid any longer, I gotta let go of control, I 
I gotta let go and say, God, I choose. I choose you. I choose your spirit. I choose to reach people. I choose to understand the, the, the messiness of human relationship. I'm not gonna shrink back any longer. I, 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 I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Church, I really believe that God is showing us and God is awakening a church that really has gotten a hold of what he's done in our lives and he is causing us to raise our voice and say someone needs to preach the gospel somebody needs to share their testimony someone needs to start the conversation someone needs to step someone needs to put their own foot in somebody has got to start someone has got to to begin to connect someone you're the elder in the room your family's restoration, your family's relationship, you're the elder in the room. You're the elder in the room. You're the elder in the room. I'm four. God's just showing, choose today. Choose, 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 choose. You can't choose when you're busy blaming. When you're constantly, well, I'm angry because they said that. Okay. I'm frustrated because they did that. If I was a news reporter, I was there at the at, at Ramah. Just go with me. Kingdom News, Channel 8. Hi, it's Bob. I'm here at the uh, Ramah with the elders. And uh, let's just talk to one of the elders. Hey, Richard. Yeah. What's going on? We heard that you guys were going to choose the king. But Samuel's like, you shouldn't. And God wants to be your king. So what's going on? Yeah, you know, it, it, we just feel like this is probably the best way to go. We're just doing the best we can. You know, heart's in the right place. Just trying to do the best we can. And you'll hear a lot of victimization language and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, we're just, we're just, you know, it's just a decision we have to make. I'm sure God's gracious. I'm sure it's going to work out and be all right. We just kind of really decided this is what we need to do right now. Okay, Richard, that's cool. You know, God has said that there's going to be, you know, you're going to, you're going to kind of regret this decision. All right, back to you, Bill. Kingdom News Channel 8 just reporting on the, on the elders here at Ramah. Let's say they had like a 30-year reunion. These elders, 30 years later, get the elders back together, get the boys back together, having a little reunion. Reporter's like, hey, Bob here, Kingdom News, back with the elders. So, how did it all work out? Looking back 30 years, did you make the right decision? And maybe the guy would be like, well, no, it's not worked out well. It's not, it's not been good. We really do regret it. And the reporter's like, well, why did you make bad decisions in the flesh? Uh, and we had to. Why do like why did you blame Samuel? Really ruining the party here, man. Um he was old and his sons were not him. All right, I'm not the reporter anymore. Do you hear it? Do you hear the, the, what did you want us to do? The reason we don't 
feels old and his sons are him. What did you want us to do? See, we let ourselves off the hook because we had, you did it. Samuel made us pick a king. His sons made us pick a king. It was their fault and their problem. We were put in a situation where we had to decide to do something to help ourselves out. And God's going, no, 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 no. No, no, you didn't have to do that. You chose. You chose something. And you don't have to choose that any longer. I preach this whole message to say, no, 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 no. You don't have to choose that any longer. You don't have to choose that any longer. You get to choose this morning. You get to choose to receive from God whatever you want to receive. God has given you life. He has given you salvation. He has given you hope. He has given you His Spirit. And He's saying, choose. And you get to cut ties with any victimization and any, well, you know, I'm just doing the best I can. No, 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 no. Choose. You're not in a, you're not in a position where you are a victim of someone else's decisions whom the son sets free is free indeed I'm the elder in the room I get to choose today and God says choose life choose peace choose unity choose family choose church choose the word but you get to choose your marriage you're the elder in the room your finances, your job. You don't have to work at that job. I have to. There is so much I have to in this time period. And God wants to break it off and say, no, I made you in my image. I wanted you to know I chose you. I chose you. I gave you heaven. I gave you life. I gave you everything. Now you can choose. And God today say, choose, choose. You can choose. You can choose what time you wake up. You can choose how much of the Bible you read. choose how you talk see so much of our living well I'm just like my dad you know I'm just like you know I just don't you know I'm trying to stop it stop it choose 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 I choose the Holy Spirit I choose I choose the word of God just choose right now it's a sweet moment just choose I choose I choose I choose humility I choose I choose the word of God I choose the word of God I choose you, I choose serving. I choose, I choose, I choose, I choose you, God. King Jesus, come on in. Come on in. It's happening right now in your spirit. Just receive it. Just I choose. I'm no longer a victim of Samuel and his sons. I stand in the mystery, but I'm no longer gonna give my energy. I'm no longer going to give my faith. I'm no longer going to give my joy. It's not for sale. I'm not going to let anybody take my joy. I'm not going to let anybody take my faith. I'm not going to let anybody take my attitude. It's not worth it because I needed to hear from God. I needed to receive the kingdom. I need to choose and say, God, keep my spirit humble. Keep me vulnerable. Keep me in prayer. I choose because God said I chose you before the foundations of the you in your mother's womb. I put a gift in you. I preordained you. I predestined you. Nothing. I'm gone. I'm sovereign. But you have to choose to receive the fullness of the kingdom. Choose. 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 Say, Lord, Lord, I want to speak up. Give me truth. Give me truth. I want your word to be a fire. I choose revival. I choose restoration. I choose to preach. I choose to pursue. 
of this is so simple. Some of this is, is deep because of what you've experienced. It's difficult for you to understand fully like... Yeah, but Samuel's sons did some bad stuff to some people. Could you imagine if you were an elder and one of Samuel's sons like slept with and took advantage of like your niece? I mean, these guys were bad, bad dudes. No one's saying that they were good people. God's just saying all that ang- all that stuff is keeping you from the focus of receiving and choosing what God has made available to you. And he's just saying, I need to cut that tie from victimization. I need to cut that tie of blaming. I need to cut you no longer. I understand that you were subject to their decisions. I understand that. I understand that. Here it comes. I'm telling you, if you need this, just get up here. Get up here. There's, a, there's an anointing right now, and then we'll be done. But there's an anointing right now to say, God's going to set you free. Even right now, the decisions of other people have been hurtful. They've been harmful. And God said, I don't justify it. I don't justify it. But it's setting you up, though, to take your energy and make a bad decision that's going to stop you from receiving the fullness of the kingdom. And I want to set you free from what they did and what they said. I loose you and let you go in the name of Jesus. And you now get to choose today. Today is the day of salvation. If that's you, just get up here. Just let the Holy Ghost set you free today.
Ask the Holy Spirit, set me free. Set me free. He wants you to be free. You got to be free. You got to be free. You got to be free. That's the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. You got to choose. You got to choose. You got to choose. You get 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 to choose today. You get to choose today. The TV doesn't dictate it. Some schedules don't change. I know you got to go to work. There's some things you got to do, but you get to choose your life. You get to choose. You get to choose. Let, 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 let faith enter into your spirit right now with that spirit of freedom that says the rest of your life, God says you can choose and you can choose to receive as much as you want that I have for you. I've got a plan. I've got a plan. I know you don't understand it fully, but I want you to know that I've got a plan for the king. You don't have to come up with a plan. You don't have to, you don't have to implement your own thing that you saw or you think will fix it. No, no, no. Just, just come to me. Come to me. Come to me. You're free. You're free. You need all that energy to worship. You need all that energy to have faith. Stop, stop giving it away to people. Stop being so offended. Stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to control. Just bring it. Bring it to me. 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 Let the Holy Spirit fill you right now. So I'm going to, you're just going to be so inundated with the plan that God that I have for you. You're just going to begin to walk in freedom. You're not going to be so distracted and bothered by other people's decisions and other people's words. I'm going to set you on mission. You're going to be on kingdom mission. You're going to be so full of what I do in your life. You're going to be so full of truth and word and grace. I'm going to set you free, says the Lord. Cut the ties of that moment, that thing. Let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. Let it go, let it go. One more minute, one more minute. Just see me those O's. Just see me those O's. Just one more minute. Let the Holy Spirit, let the Holy Spirit just fill you. Let Him fill you right now. You're free, you're free, you're free. Let your mind clear. Let, let, get it off, off them, off them, off them. Let them go. Let's just say they're crazy and they're mean. Fine, let them go, let them go, let them go. You need your mind clear. You need your spirit clear. Because God's saying, I want to be here. I'm going to do something you haven't seen before. I got it, I got it. I'm going to give it to you. You need that, you need that. Stop giving them all your energy and give it to me. Stop giving them all your faith and your, give it to me, give it to me. You're free. You're free to get my word. God said, I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to speak to you. Jesus. Jesus. Hey, we're going to sing this one more time. We love you so much. If you need some prayer, come down as we sing this. If you need some prayer, you need someone to partner, you need someone to encourage you, get up here. Get up here. Today is your day. I'm telling you, there's freedom in the house. If you need prayer over your body, come up here. We'll pray.